Hello and welcome to the third ever episode of the Rocktober All Over the World podcast, the podcast for Rockies fans in the UK and around the world. I'm your host, Thomas Ritchie, and this week we'll be bringing you a two-parter to this podcast. In the first part, which is coming up here, I'll speak to MLB.com's Rockies reporter, Thomas Harding. Then in the second part, which will come later this weekend, I will preview the uh, Houston Astros series that's coming up this week with George from the Astros UK. So for now, we'll just kick straight off with my chat with MLB.com's Thomas Harding. So I'm delighted to welcome MLB.com's Thomas Harding to the Rocktober All Over the World podcast. Thomas, thanks a lot for coming on. How are you doing? I feel good. I feel clean. Thanks for having me. So I suppose, first of all, what has it been like these last couple of weeks covering a Major League Baseball season in the middle of a global pandemic? It's been it's been strange because there is the pandemic. You don't see the fans. You don't have all the excitement around Coors Field. But when the game starts, it's the same baseball. It's a weird feeling, actually, um, kind of forgetting there's a pandemic until you look down at the grandstands. Yeah, and what, I mean... We've talked about this with a couple of other people. How have you found the uh, audio being pumped into the uh, stadium? Are you a fan of the crowd noise or would you rather it was just not there? When I'm in the stadium, I barely notice it. Um, when I'm watching on television, I need the crowd noise. Well, listening on the radio, I don't need it as much. And I found that with baseball and soccer that the crowd noise kind of helps with television because when you're watching television, you may be doing something else, whether you're cooking, whether you're you're doing something with the family or whatever. But when you're listening on the radio, you're engaged anyhow, even if you're driving the car. So I don't mind the crowd noise um, with television. On the radio, it doesn't make a difference. So I'm not bothered by it at all. Either way, I'm not bothered by it. I just think you need it more on television. And like I say in the ballpark, I barely notice it. So let's talk about what the Rockies have been doing so far then. They got off to a Terrific start, and uh, they're still on a terrific start now, 12 and 6, 18 games in. The series against Arizona looked a little bit different to what we'd seen in the first 15 games. What, what do you expect to be the norm from here on out? Well, I think Arizona, Colorado games get a little bit crazy, but it seems that games at Coors Field in the National League West, where everybody knows each other, they tend to get a little bit crazy. So um, I think we'll see a number of those games this year, but I do think that the Rockies uh, starting pitching staff will hold up. I mean, even if you look at the last game of the Arizona series, Antonio Sensatella was charged with five runs, but really did he deserve to give up five runs? I mean, the defense in that fifth inning of his six, the defense in the fifth inning was awful that, that inning. Um, Hilliard, Sam Hilliard lost a fly ball, I guess in the sun there, or he had no idea where the ball was. And Ramel Tapia made an unnecessary throw to the plate, which set up another run for the Diamondbacks. So really that was about a two run performance by Sensatella last time out. And I think that's the, that seems to be the norm with this pitching staff that they're going to give your team a chance to win as starters. Um, what were your expectations for the Rockies coming into this year? Have you seen, have they performed better than what you expected so far? Actually, I thought that if the pitching, the starting pitching did better than it did last year and it couldn't do any worse, I thought this team would be able to contend in the National League West. I still think they can. I don't see 
some of the predictions of the Padres, who really don't have very good pitching. I don't see them over being better than the Rockies this season. Um, I think the Diamondbacks are well managed, and I think they, they and the Rockies are the two teams that could challenge the Dodgers this year. And then looking at that starting pitching, out of the top four guys there, it seems to be John Gray that has struggled at times the most. And what, what do you make of his performances so far this year and what his role will be long-term in Colorado? Well, I think if you look at, the, at, at each of those performances, I think the first one, there was some fatigue toward the end there, as, as you expect coming out of the short spring training. And then the one against the um, Padres, there were two bad defensive plays behind them. Trevor Story makes an error. Tony Walters doesn't keep a pitch in front of him and a couple of runs score. Then the um, outing against the Dodgers, a fly ball goes over the wall. And really, in most cases, that's a fly ball. I think he's pitched reasonably well. He pitches very poorly against the Diamondbacks at Coors Field. Haven't figured that one out. I don't think he has. I think the Diamondbacks hope he never figures it out. Um, if he is able to continue to pitch the way he has pitched, I think some of the results will turn his way. He's just going to have to, though, understand that if he doesn't have his top velocity and he hasn't had it this year, he has to continue to win with command. And I know that he wants to be able to reach back and throw a 97-mile-an-hour fastball, but it really hasn't happened with any consistency this year. But as long as he continues to use his curveball and his changeup along with the fastball slider, he should still be able to be effective. Then obviously the big guy that's had a bounce-back year so far has been Kyle Freeland, which has been... Great to see. Do you, do you think this is a Kyle Freeland we will see now going forward? Do you think he's got it back now? I think he has it back, and I think he's a little bit better because he's developed that changeup of his. He Everything was hard before, the fastball, the slider, even the cutter, and everything was on the same side of the plate, which was inside to right-handers. Because he's developed that changeup, now he can pitch to both sides of the plate. And I think that makes him a more complete pitcher, a more mature pitcher. So... You sh he, he should be able to navigate lineups better than he did last season. I do think that the league caught up with him, and that often happens to a pitcher his first two, three years in. Now that he's counterpunched, we'll see how he's able to hold up. But it does seem like he has become a more professional pitcher. And then looking at the bullpen as well, it's been a bit hit and miss like bullpens tend to be. Um... <clears throat> Obviously, no Oberg, and uh, now no Wade Davis at the moment. What what do you make of this bullpen? And do you think Daniel Bard will be the closer now for this season? I don't think he will be the closer, but I think he will close on occasion. They're playing a whole lot of games. I think it's 20 in the next 20 days. Um, Jairo Diaz, I do think they're going to stick with him as the closer. He struggled a couple of games ago, but in general, even when he has guys on base, he gets out of it. I think that they do have Bard... Diaz, Carlos Estevez, Yancy Almani's done well in the middle of the game, and so has Jeff Hoffman. What I'm looking for is one more reliever, probably two more, that you can depend on to hold a lead. I, I believe Philip Deal may be the guy from the left side. James Pizos has not done much so far this year. They need better work out of him. But is Tyler Kenley going to be the guy you can depend on in a close game? You've, saw, you've seen him the last two times out against Seattle. He loaded the bases but got out of that. Then um, the other day against Arizona, loaded the bases and ended up giving up runs. All five of the guys he faced scored. 
he's going to have to pitch with a little bit more consistency. I would like to see him strike some people out. He gets ground balls. He has a nice slider, gets the ball in play. But every now and then, he's got to use that fastball to strike a hitter out. Do you think the Rockies could potentially find another arm for that bullpen on the trade market before the deadline? I think they have to. I think they have to find somebody that has pitched late in games for a contending team. One of the guys that I've kind of thrown out there and just talking to people, haven't really gotten a lot of information yet, but say Carl Edwards Jr. pitching for the Seattle Mariners. He pitched for the Cubs when they won the World Series. Been around as... um, pitches well in the strike zone, is able to get people to swing and miss in his slider. He would be a guy that they could get for the back, that they could get for the back of the bullpen. The reason why I bring him up is that when you look at the Mariners roster, the fact that it's a really young roster, then you sign a veteran like that, you almost think because they're building for a future year, they signed him to trade him at some point. But someone like that, maybe even two arms like that, could make a difference for this team going down the going down the stretch because even if they do find the main guys that can protect leads, they're going to have to have some other people step in because those guys can't pitch every single day. And then moving on to the offensive side of the ball, obviously there's uh, been one standout guy so far, Charlie Blackman, who's probably put himself in the MVP conversation so far. Um, I mean, what, what? I mean, how has he managed to do this? Is uh, kind of the main thing. Yeah, I, I'll tell you what, it's it's uncanny. This guy, he does. He has a very controlled approach to the game, does it every day. We've seen this before where he goes on these long streaks where, and what I notice out of him is that if he's hitting well, then, he, and he gets a little bit of luck in there because there, there have been a few softballs that have fallen in. If he gets a little bit of luck, it's a long streak. I mean, he's had a number of streaks that have gone beyond 10 games, um, but his approach is right. He seems strong right now. I know he talked the other day. He went through the, uh, he tested positive for COVID-19 and says that he can't do as much getting ready for games, can't do as much in preparation, can't do as much after the game with the weightlifting and some of the stuff that he does. Can he hold up throughout this season with the games coming fast and furious? I think that using him as DH has helped, but they're going to have to be maybe two or three games in in this next um rest of the season where he just sits and doesn't play. And I wonder if uh, they can really afford to do that. You think he can uh, hit 400 uh, for the full 60 games? I will say no. (laughs) I mean, let's face it. uh, Ted Williams did it in 154 season back in 1941. No one's come all that close since then. And I think 60 games is too many to sit around 400. I mean, you saw the other day where where he didn't um, have his best day, ended up getting intentionally walked once, and, and the hitting streak ended. Um, what happens if some of the pitches that, that he has popped over the shortstop for a hit or two here, what happens if that if it lands in the glove? I just don't expect anyone to hit 400. I mean, it would be nice, and no, it would not be Ted Williams if he hit 400 over 60 games, but it's still an accomplishment. I just don't think it's going to happen. And then what have you made of the guys behind him? Obviously, we've seen Nolan get off to a slow start, seems to be picking it up now. Garrett Hampson has been a guy who's really come on, and then guys like David Dahl have really struggled so far. Yeah, Dahl and Ramel Tapia, who's come on lately, but uh, but also Ryan McMahon. Dahl and McMahon especially have really struggled. Now, in a normal 162-game season, 
this would not be that big a deal. So Bud Black is challenged a bit. How does he get those guys going? And when does he start looking at other guys? And especially with McMahon there, and you have Brendan Rodgers, the top prospect, who is sitting there in the alternative camp, I guess they call it a satellite camp. I'm not sure what the phrase would be. I, I like satellite camp. Sounds like something you send the smart kids to, right? But um, he's, he's over there in, in satellite camp. And right now, Chris Owings has a little bit of a hamstring issue. Do they bring him in? If you recall last year, Ryan McMahon struggled quite a bit. But when they brought in Brendan Rodgers and there was a kind of a challenge for his job that was the time that McMahon really got things together. So I'm wondering if they go to that this year and see if that works. And then looking now for about the rest of this season, where, where do you think the Rockies will be in this playoff shakeup come the end of September? I think that they're good enough to make a 16-team playoff. I thought they were good enough to contend this year, even, even though last year was bad. So... I expect them to contend to the end of this. I think they will make a playoff, and it just depends after that on what the playoff matchups are, if they end up with a playoff in a bubble. I'm not even sure. I mean, this year is so unusual that anybody that gets in has a chance. And I suppose, again, I mean, look, I mean looking ahead to the playoffs is a bit optimistic, but, um, I mean, often you see the teams there, you know, three-game three game series to start it off, I think. It? Yes, yeah. it, it, would, it would be a three-game series at the site of the higher seed. So um, it, it kind of just depends on how they finish here. I mean, the first couple of teams in each division will get the host home playoff series if they don't move the whole thing to a bubble arrangement. So there, there's still a lot of um, question about how the format's going to be, but at least we know right now that it's eight teams in each league. Uh, and I think that if you look at it, uh, out of a 15-team National League, the Rockies should be one of those teams. And do, do you think they should move to a bubble for the playoffs? Do you think that would be their best course of action? I don't know. Um, I don't know enough about it. I'm not an infectious diseaseologist at this point. I mean, I've learned a lot about it, but I, I'm, I'm, I would like to be Dr. Anthony Fauci. But actually, I wouldn't. I really <laughs> would You know, not in this country, not the way people are acting. But um, I, I, going into this, I thought that bubble formats were insane because they were happening in Florida. But it looked like the NBA and the, the NBA and Major League Soccer, with the exception of the first two teams in there, they got kicked out of the tournament or, or they tested out of the tournament. It looks like they've handled it pretty well. So a bubble format may be workable. Um, but the problem with baseball, though, is you have so many teams so many games, you'd have to have at least two bubbles, maybe four of them. And I think that's a hard undertaking. And the, the other question would be, how do you introduce guys to a bubble? Because it's my understanding that in the NHL in Canada and also in the NBA, there was a period of time where the players had to be quarantined and then they went into this bubble format. Well, with baseball, you have to start the playoffs right after the regular season ends within what, two days? I don't know how that's going to work. Um, if, but if baseball is able to get through the rest of this season, you, you do have the outbreaks with a few teams. But if you look at it, what is it, three teams out of 30 have had problems? Maybe you're able to get there. And then you can introduce the guys into the bubble at the start of the playoff. Um, these things are for smarter people than me to figure out. 
Okay, and so so what's going? What's more likely to happen? The Rockies win the World Series, or Man United win uh, next year's Premier League? I'm going to say Man United win next year's oh. Premier League. Okay, I, I will say that. Although they're going to have to do something, it would be nice if they got Jaden Sancho. Jack Grealish could help. They have to get deeper, right? They have to have a deeper lineup, I believe. But um, I'll ask you this question. Will Leeds United stay up after the 2021 season? I think they will. I think Leeds will stay up. I think I think all the promoted teams could have a chance of staying up now. I mean, West Brom and Fulham, isn't it? I think they all, I think they all could stay up. Hopefully. I like it when the new teams stay up and you get a bit of a change the feel of the Premier League, doesn't it, when the new teams can stay up and last and get rid of some of the other teams that are always down there. (laughs) Yeah, well, and if you look at the manager for Leeds United, I mean, he's the type of guy that could do something like the Wolves, like Wolves, where, you know, not only do you get to come up, but you're able to... um, you're you're able to contend a bit in the in, in the champion yeah, not Champions League I'm sorry in the Premier League yeah Wolves Sheffield United both did it so no reason why not are you are you an Ollie Ollie guy or are you not sold on Ollie yet I am I'm an Ollie guy I mean I I, I became a United fan with um, because of Jose Mourinho because everything was just crazy there but I think that a guy who knows the system, who's won um, on the field with them and understands the pressures that go with being a Manchester United, I think he's the right guy. And also, if you look at Marcus Rashford and you look at Anthony Martial, those are two guys that, yeah, they were able to score at the younger ranks, but do they really have the confidence to do it in the Premier League? And I think that Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has given them that. He's given them chances. He's challenged them. And that's why they're able to score goals and make a difference and bring some good results. Well, hopefully the Rockies do win the World Series rather than the <laughs> Man United winning the Premier League anyway. Well, both yeah, could that happen. would be a big double play, right? <laughs> yeah, you'd be delighted if both could happen. So, uh, you know, maybe I'll let... If the Rockies win the World Series, then uh, you can win the Premier League for uh, one year. <laughs> that, that can be the trade-off. <laughs> I'll definitely. Yeah, if the Rockies I would say win that. the World Series, then maybe I actually go and lay down some money on Man United yeah. taking uh, Liverpool and City. Yeah, well, yeah. If the Rockies win the World Series, I'll be content with uh, none of my other teams winning for a while. So uh, okay. that, that would definitely make up for it. It's been uh, been a long struggle. So uh, yeah. So I suppose finally, I'm sure everyone who's listening does follow you already, but you ought to plug where people can follow you on Twitter and if you've got any articles on MLB.com recently? Uh, yes, uh, there, there are articles all the time on MLB.com, so um, you know, just keep refreshing wherever you are in the world, but go to Rockies.com and that, that'll get you all the stuff. Also, at Harding underscore at MLB, the Twitter handle, or you can just plug my name in there and search for it. That may be easier to do than remembering all the ats and underscores. So, um, either way, yeah, follow me. And I do have a, even a Facebook page that puts up my Rockies articles. So follow me everywhere. I'm, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> so, Thomas, thanks a lot for coming on today's podcast. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll uh, get you back on to preview a Rockies World Series uh, performance later on uh, in October. Well, hey, even if not, get me back on there. I love talking to the rest of the world. So many thanks to Thomas for coming on the podcast this week. That will just about wrap up part one of 
episode three of the October All Over the World podcast. You can check back in for part two with our preview of the Houston Astros series, which should be dropping on Sunday evening. So again, thanks to everyone for tuning in and listening, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow.